Good afternoon and good evening, and you're very welcome back to uh, episode 37 of the podcast for this year, the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. With myself, Brefney Early, and of course, as always, Aaron Clark and the co-host chair there to go through all the things that have happened over the last couple of days. A bit of a bonus episode this week. Uh, there's just been so much news in the league. Of course, we had Kieran McCormack on over the weekend after Treaty's big announcement. They had a press release during a press conference during the week as well, and it's a really, really exciting time for football in Treaty. But another club that are enjoying time in the Women's National League at the moment are P-Mount United, and we're delighted to have their head coach, uh, manager, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's the boss over there in PRL Park. James O'Callaghan is going to be joining us very, very shortly. Um to talk about all things title winning uh, over the last couple of days they've just are you breaking out are you breaking out about we are the champion eh? <laughs> well not quite no i let him do that in a couple of minutes but uh it's been a really really good time for Piermont. they've regained the league against probably all expectations coming into the season the manner of which they've done it is impressive um it's really, really been a, a fantastic season for everybody attached to Piemont, particularly given, I suppose, how everybody, including us, probably wrote them off a little bit at the start of the season. I thought they'd a strong squad. I thought they'd be a top three, top four team. But what they've done has just been ultra impressive, ultra consistent. You knew with players mid-season and it's still like, oh, it's grand. We'll just keep winning. And I think the magnitude of that win against Wexford last week just sort of showed the desire and de- a desire and terminate determination for P Mountain. Like there's no doubt they're they're worthy league champions. Looking forward to hearing what the boss has to say because there's no doubt the last couple of years have been difficult with losing the two league titles and like to regain it in that such fashion. Don't like, mention the war. We're on a we're on a positive note this week for P Mount. We've given them enough stick over that uh, capitulation a couple of years ago. We're not gonna focus on it, I promise. Oh no, I'm hundred percent gonna focus on it because I think I th- I think I think that's what built the character of P-Mount United and that's what makes the P-Mount United success even more sweeter because everybody said when that happened, they'd probably never win another National League again. And then you look what happens and it's just to see them see them win the league, win the league and, and in that sort of fashion, it's been nothing short of impressive. Been, I said I said last week on the show and I know James in the background will hear me saying this again, I think it's, been, it's probably been the most impressive Women's National League win in a long, long time. Yeah, well, listen, I'm going to try and find out now from the man himself. Uh, we welcome James to the show. But, James, the first question I have is, how much are you paying Aaron to say all these things, writing you off, to make your team talks? That's so much easier on a Saturday afternoon. No, it doesn't have to be made. There's other, there's other crowds who are writing them off even worse. The dynasty yeah. is over. There's lots of that, yeah. But no, it's a it's privilege to be on the show today, lads. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, in all seriousness, you're very, very welcome, and congratulations. Uh, we did write you off at the start of the season, and you've proven us and everybody else who did so um, wrong, I suppose. The manner of the result that you heard us talking about there over the last 12 months is just phenomenal, given where we were maybe 12 months ago, your players being tapped up, players moving on to other clubs, new opportunities away from PRL Park, and you basically done very little else in terms of, like, there wasn't massive recruitment. You brought in a couple of, of players but it must be a kind of a bit of a surreal experience now coming back, having given that little bit of an FU back to anyone who kind of doubted you, including us, over the last uh, 12 months. Yeah, no, it's, it's delighted. Uh, we were delighted to win. Um, you know, it was great to get the win down at Ferry Carrick Park as well, because um, that's always such a tough place to go to. It, you know, they've got some great, great players down there. And, you know, I think on the day, I think with the girls, our girls, we realised what was at stake, you know, compared to previous seasons when it... And I think you may have reminded me before in, in that show a few times, the last game of the season. Um, but I think we've learned from that. And, and and in the game on Saturday, you know, it was, I think it was one of our best performances of the season. Because again, Wexford had most of their, their big players playing in that game. And you're down in Ferry Carrick. And I thought we were really strong. It was one of our best performances we've had down in Ferry Carrick Park ever, I think. Um, you know, and in the second half, we kicked on. Um, and it was brilliant to get the three points. And we were all relieved and relaxed. It's the kids, James, that's making the big difference. Like, yeah, Jess with Cheryl's, your Ellen Doolins, they don't look out of place. Like, that must be the most special thing to see, the amount of youngsters that have, that have helped you over the line this year and helped you with success because, like, you've had to bring them through. Probably some may not have got the opportunity if things as quick if things didn't go the other way. But, like, to see them step up and to Ellen Doolin to score the two goals against Wexford to, to seal the league, what's that like as a coach? That's uh, fantastic, but... In terms of players, the, the, the team and stuff like the whole season has been it's been a long season and starting in the pre pre season last November December you know we lost it 
we lost a chunk of players, you know, and it was it was tough at the time. But I still knew we had um we had some great experienced players in the team that was still there. And once they all committed, um, I knew we I knew things could go well once they, once everybody committed. Like I must have had about two hundred cups of coffee in that last November and December, just meeting players and stuff like that, just sitting down and chatting to them and stuff, just see you know and every and everybody bought into it you know apart from the ones obviously the ones that left and you know which is which happens every season players leave every season they come and go um you know and then there was a couple of players we had identified that we think we could could add to our squad and we brought them in as well and you know and and then when the season kicked in there was a lot of young players like Jess and Ellen and, and Freya and Mia and stuff they, they these players were there and um, play people probably weren't aware of them as, as 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 much you know at that time um but as the season kicked on the, um you know even young jess young jess has been you know she's marked all, a lot of the experienced players this year and she's done very well in them games in, in, in the role that she's played for us and and ellen has come in uh and she's been playing she's played every position the nearly apartment goal um but, but she's up, up top now she's been knocking the goals in which is was brilliant because we lost kate mooney Again, people don't realise this. Like Kate Mooney just was the league's top goal scorer, and she was just gone. Um, and we had to we had to react to that. And Ellen stepped up there, and she's she's been real. The two goals she got on on um, on Saturday were, were excellent. Um, you know, and then young Freya, young Freya is only fifteen. Um, she doesn't turn sixteen now till till next month. Um, which is incredible when you think about it. Um, these have been all brilliant, and but. And and the experienced players have, have stepped up to the plate as well. They've all been kind of refreshed this season, you know. They keep going and stuff. You see, Jada Beryl there. She, that's her first league title. Um, she she's won. I thought she had won a few before that, but she hadn't. That that's a first league title she's ever won. Jada Beryl, you know. So I was delighted for the likes of that as well, you know. Well, that's because you've been playing out of position for the best part of a decade. Like, give me the revelation in terms of uh, surprise positional changes this season across the entire league was i thought it was i thought it was a, a, a one-off combat against the pace of emma doherty when she played center half up in sligo in the opening game of the season or the, one of the early games of the season but you've stuck with her and she's been phenomenal yeah that's she, it. she was given out to me at the start when i convinced her to play center back um you know again Jetta has been brilliant playing centre back. You know, she keeps James on my winger. You know, I'm not a centre back type of thing, but but she's, you know, she sweeps up unbelievably well. Um, balls in behind, her pace is lightning, and you know, and she compliments to the players around her as well, and they compliment her. But but she, I we first brought her back centre back. It was in the, it was mid last season, um, when she actually went back centre back, um, and I think that that kind of coincided with our improved run of form. Last season, which led into this season as well, um, but but she is she, she's been probably an unsung hero there, um, in terms of what she brings to the team, um, and and nobody would have thought of her centre back, but I think she I think she's brilliant there. I I'm not going to disagree. I think I think her and Chloe Maloney for me have been the two standouts, two of the standout centre backs this year. But like even even if you think of the partnership in there, like Chloe was somebody who. Could, could have dropped out of the National League, left left Piedmont a couple of years ago to go to Galway. Then obviously when your players leave, she came back again. And like players like that of that sort of nature, I think I think people don't realise, you know, they've been around the league so long just because they haven't necessarily been the star players. But like them sort of players really stepped up for you. And I know everybody talks about the Karen Duggins, the Sives, but it was a massive, massive squad effort this year. Yeah, and and, and Chloe in particular, she she'd been playing the um the Gaelic as well, and she and she did very well at that. But she she travels up from Clare, and um, she based she lives in Clare, you know. And she travels up for training from from Clare, and you know, so it's a, it's a phenomenal effort put in by her. And she's had her ups and downs as well over the years, um, you know. But her fitness this year has been it's gone on to another level, um, you know. And and her partnership with Jetta and and even with Derby there and Tara Hannah and Lauren and, and Nemo and Neve the goalkeepers you know everybody collectively defensively you know as they have been you know they've been superb they've been uh, really really good 
Yeah, it's been kind of nice to watch from a distance as well. And they seem to seamlessly fit in as well. I know Dervila, uh, due to, I suppose, work and, and college commitments specifically, misses tends to miss the start of the season in the last, in recent years and then available through the second half of the year. Um, it kind of coincided, I suppose, from a club point of view with Tara's injury. So it was a nice kind of... Um, you didn't lose quality when Tara went down injured, even though Tara seemed to be really making an impact both with the club and with the country ahead of the World Cup. In terms of, of the plan going forward, is that something we're likely to see towards the start of next season as well, or have, have you even got that far ahead? Well, again, Tara had been one of the, probably considered one of the best players of the seasons um, this year. She'd been playing really well, massively unlucky not to make the, the World Cup squad. I thought she was a shoe in. I was, you know, I was devastated for her when, when it didn't ha- it didn't happen. You know, but that's football, and, and Tara had to and has to bounce back from that. You know, she just has to pick herself up, and and she has, in fairness to her. And she was going great, and then she was on trial with Man United, um, which is fantastic to be on trial with Man United. Um, but she, she was unfortunate; she got an injury, which then has ruled her out for, you know, for a couple of months. But then that coincided then with Derbley kind of coming back, you know, and what a, what a replacement to have with with, with Derbley. Um, and Derbley, you know, she popped up with that screamer against Bohemians, um, when everybody thought the the goal went over the line, and it didn't go over the line earlier in the match. Um, but she popped in then with that screamer. Right at the end, and she has that in a locker there. But she's been, I've, I've been coaching there ever since under 14s uh, from different stages, and she, she has that in a locker to do that. So she's had a massive impact on us. Um, you know, she got a panel there against Treaty then as well, only two weeks ago. Um, so you know, she's been brilliant. And um, I would hope again, she's again, she, she's studying to be a doctor, you know, um, and she travels from Leitrim. You know, it's crazy the effort these girls are putting in. You know, people don't understand the effort that has to has to be put into play, playing at this level. You know, and to get yourselves into the shape that they do, so that it's bringing to see. I love how you mentioned that Bowes game because for me, that Bowes game I think turned a lot of eyes because of the fact that yes, it was a late winner from Derby, but it was the magnitude of the fact of the never die attitude. I think that's where people probably realised, okay, P Mount can win the league. When did you think? James, that you could you usually win the league. When did you actually think that okay, this is possible? I don't know. I, I know from we've been working really hard, you know, like we've got a lot of wins in the second half of matches this season. And and you know, against Wexford on Saturday, it was no coincidence that we, we pushed on in the second half. Um I'd like to think obviously you get an element of luck and all that as well, but I'd like to think, you know, our pre-pre-season program. We had a uh, we had Ken Robinson in running the girls in Phoenix Park down the hills and stuff like that. And you had them all on a running program, um, and the build up to pre season we did, and the girls really bought into it. So, you know, and then our training we kind of freshened things up with our with our coaching staff. Emma Dunn, who became came in as assistant manager. We had um, Keen McDonald came up from the nineteens, and Brian O'Sullivan came up from from he's from Waterford. He came, he's a top top coach as well coming in there and. And Derek Masson was a goalkeeper coach. And Desi Baker doing strikers training as well, which people probably aren't aware of. Um, you know, David Burke had come in as well to help out. Um, so, and you know, from a coaching point of view, the, the intensity in our training, in our training, you know, sessions, it's been really, really good. And I think we've stepped it up, and it's a lot more fresher this year. Like obviously, we lost Vinnie Patterson, which was a big blow to us um, at the time. But, but I'd like to think the way we trained this year um, and the hunger we've shown to reach the levels we have is what's kind of stood to us in terms of pushing on in second half of the matches and kind of getting them late winners. You know, I think that that's, you know, it's been un- unbelievable and there's been a mental toughness there as well. The resilience was shown big time. Yeah, we see that across a lot of sides, I suppose, even shells last night. There might have been a good bit of fortune around the, the winning goal, but it's that ability to find that goal in the last minute of the game or an injury time to turn one point into three or even zero into one at, at different points through the season is the difference between the teams that finish top of the table and and just the also runs effectively um in terms of you mentioned some big names there desi baker of course a league of ireland legend ken robinson well known to anyone in the sports uh, field uh, he's been on our the men's equivalent of this show talking about his time at dcu and, and the link up with bows at the time um they kind of add extra value. Uh, and we look at then all the list of names you've mentioned uh, and the expertise that comes in. Is that something that Piemont has always had, maybe against some of the sides where it's down to two or three individuals running teams and expected to deliver on the same level? Well, well, I think I think for the for the girls this year, especially, it's very important that you can create um, a really good 
training environment. You know, it has to be like, you know, it has to be really top of the, top of the range. You know, because the girls are putting, they say, you've got girls traveling from Leitrim, from, from Clare, you know, they're, they're putting yeah, a hell of a lot. As, as if it's the, the, the back of nowhere. Like, Leitrim's a, a place. I'm very proud of it. Ah, come on, Leitrim, Leitrim, Leitrim's in the back of nowhere. Come on, <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Well, Leitrim is a fantastic place. And that's a producer there with the That's It's top place. But, but I'm just saying, distance-wise, the, the, the amount of hours they have to travel to and from, from training. So it's important things things are right. And as I said, I think, you know, Emma and Kane as well, and, and Brian and Derek, especially, um, because they're the core of our, our, our coaching staff, um, you know, the effort they put in and they kind of they brought new freshness to things this year. And the players, as I said, as I said they've been on their own training programs themselves. And um, we were doing three nights. We do three pitch sessions a week, and they do their own gym sessions as well on top of that. And we have an analysis session. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, like they play like they train like professionals. The people don't realize it, but they, they don't get paid now like like professionals, but they train like like professionals. And and I think this is a factor in the league in general now. I think things are stepping up um as well, and other teams are, are you know are training harder as well, you know. But I really think that's gonna help us this year. I just don't jump in there for one second because you talk about the professional status and, and other teams coming in and fundamentally the the, the I suppose the reasons why people wrote you off last year hasn't changed. Um, it's still moving towards a more professional league, a higher resource league, and the link-ups for facilities and, and finances with the men's league hasn't is, is getting further and further away from entities like Piemount and the facilities and resources that they have. Can Piemount compete? And I'm hoping the answer is yes, but realistically, can Piemount compete in two years, in five years, in ten years? Will we still see Piemont United in the league in the form they're in? Well, I would like to think that we will. I think it's kind of ironic that for a women's national league side, for, for the pressure put on them that you can't stay in this league or you can't compete unless you have a men's team um, backing you up. It's, it's quite kind of crazy when you think about it. If there's a women's team that are looking to go go stand alone in terms of not be supported by a men's team, um, I think they should be. that should be encouraged. I think they should be helped as well along the way. And it's up to PML themselves to, you know, to bring in private investment in, into the club. Um, but you would like to think then government FEI funding as well could be, you know, improved as well to help all the clubs in, in the league. I, you know, I can't see why it can't go hand in hand with, with the, the men's teams supporting the women's teams as well. Actually, absolutely no reason. I think we've proved today for the underdogs um, this season, I think that we've shown that we can do it. Um, and it should, it should give inspire and give hope to all the other teams as well. Considering, you know, you know, we've mentioned funding and stuff like that a little bit, considering what's available at P-Mount compared to other clubs and you see what other clubs are offering, how sweet is this this National League title? It must be right up there for you. Um, yeah, listen, we, we we had won two league titles in a row and then we were going for our tour, tour in a row and we should have we got over the line, we didn't. Um, losing it the way we did um, was was a big blow. And then last year, and, and then people don't probably talk about it much, but we got a three point deduction last year as well, and that really kind of hurt us. People don't aren't aware how it kind of impacts on us within the team, um, but it did, and it, and, it, and we wobbled with that big time. Um, but I thought we recovered, and I think we've learned from from the last two seasons, and and you know, and, and it gave us that hunger and the drive and the resilience this year, really to push on. Um, so I and. Probably this year, I think as well, the standard of the league, in terms from top to bottom, has has improved as well. The gaps have narrowed there, um, and there's, there's, you know, I know I've said this before, and people are saying all the time, there's no easy games, and, and there isn't really now anymore compared to the way it used to be. There was obviously a couple of easy games, but not anymore. So anybody, I mean, I said it, the treaty have given us some of our hardest games, um, you know, during the year, and they and they've only won one game, I think, um, you know, so it's a. Uh, we're all that in the background. Um, I think this has been probably the sweetest league win, yeah, of ever. I think you know. I think it's been pretty cool. From a personal point of view, James, if we rewind, say, 10, 11 months back to that period last September, October, November, December, when whispers were starting, people didn't quite know what was going on, players weren't quite committed, and um, and the way things panned out, how disappointing was it on a personal level? Having worked with some of the players who who went and took other opportunities. Um, was it for you, or, or is it just a part of the game that you just have to accept? No, you, you, you're. I'm there now. It's my seventh season. Um, you know, and you would have built up a lot of connections, um, a lot of relationships with players, um, over that time. And you know, and when 
when players did decide to, to move on, um, it was tough to take at the time, um, being honest. But I am, I'm, I'm in the game long enough as a player and manager now to realise that's football. That is, it's football and it happens. It happens every season. Um, but there was a lot more media attention now, I think, to this this time because there was a lot of high-profile players involved. Um, but it, it is what it is and you can't be bitter and you can't bear grudges to anybody. you got to wish them luck, um, you know. And, and that's what I did. Um, and they moved on themselves. Um, but we, then we had to focus on ourselves. Um, simple as that. What's that off-season like for you, James? Was there ever any contentment or any ever, you know, this potential thought of, am I done? Have I had enough? Or what was that off-season like? Because I think for P-Mount, I think people realise P-Mount would still be a, a force in this league as soon as Karen Duggan put out that tweet last October, November, being like, oh, I'm staying. What was the off-season like for you? The off-season was, uh, it was it was really challenging and really tough, but very enjoyable at the same time, um, believe it or not. It was once I decided myself that I was going to commit, I, I just really felt there's, you know, it's it would be, there's a big challenge lies ahead here. And I was kind of thinking, I, I kind of like this in a way, it kind of motivated me to see what was going on and the kind of negativity that was coming at us from the media, certain sections in the media, not by used to now, lads. He's been very positive towards us. At times, at times. At times, yeah. But no, but there was, there was, and there were certain things in particular really kind of, you know, you get annoyed about. But, you know, when, when we kind of reflected on it, I said, yeah, we go again. We go again. And then I sat down with, with the coaches and I sat down with, with, with Karen and the senior players and um, I knew they were all on board. I knew it was all, it was, it was, mind you, I had to have about, as I said, about 200 cups of coffee back in November and going back and forth with, with players and, and, you know, the new new players as well, trying to bring in new players. Stuff. So that's that was probably when the best work actually got done was back in November and December in terms of nailing nailing people down and making and getting the boy into, you know, the plan, the plan that we had. And we did have a plan. And I think, you know, and I really feel we, we created an environment this year where we, we were getting the best of our players and, and people felt very positive. Like a lot of stuff, we did a lot of stuff off the pitch. Um, you know, there was, you know, we obviously in pre-season we don't we we're with the army and stuff like that. We've been up in the mountains and lakes having recovery sessions, you know, and you know, we went to the, the Vigo Bats, you know, at the time we done yoga, you know. There's there's all this stuff that's happening in the background, which is great for mental health as well of the players, and it's great for bringing players together. And creating that positivity in, in the team, you know. In terms of uh, that important period for planning for this season, uh, we're kind of getting back into that cycle again. League title is now in the bag. A couple of games to play. Probably, what's the focus for that? Is it is it now a chance to kind of have a little bit of a party, or is it a case of we want to win the last two games and really set a marker for for where we are, what we and who PMH United are? It, it was brilliant to win the league, as it says, with two games to play because usually. When you get to this stage, if you're going to win a league or you're going to lose a league, it's usually the last game of the season, and it just finishes. Then it just that's the end, you know. Which is, which is just be tough, you know. But but this year, obviously, we, our last match is not till the 11th of November, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's like about three weeks away type of thing, you know. So which is kind of sweet, and because you can enjoy it then a, that bit more. Um, you know, obviously we want to, we play Galway and Sligo, and, and we want to win 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 them games as well. Um. You know, so it's just we just we just wait till the eleventh of November then to pick up the cup. If I was to ask you at the start of the season after after eighteen games, you'd be sixteen wins, one draw, one defeat. You could probably never imagine the magnitude of the amount of points you'd have picked up this season, could you? No, it uh, obviously that would be if you said that to me at the start of the season, I'd, I'd be saying you're in fantasy land. Um, it's never going to happen. Because and you, you can't you can't look like that anyway. You can only you can only concentrate on your performance and, and the next game, and you're hoping you know you're hoping you're gonna do well. You know, as I said, with some lot of key moments during the year, especially down our first match against that loan. Um, you know they had come in second in the league, won the runners up in the FA Cup. They just won the Presidents Cup, and we had to play them in their own backyard on their Astro. So that was quite nervous going into that game. You know. Um, but it was a great performance we, we put in um, and it was delighted that really helped us push on and then obviously key matches then beating Rovers in Palace Stadium um, the last 10 minutes if we had lost that match we would have gone level on points by winning it we went six points up 
Um, you know, so that was massive, massive for us to be Rovers in, in Tallis Stadium. Um, and obviously them beating Bohemians that time, the last 10 minutes of the game, you know, pushed us on then going into the latter ends of the season. In terms of, I suppose, the, the reasons why you can attract players to your club, obviously the chance of success, opportunities uh, is a big thing. But the opportunity to play in Europe ha traditionally has been something that the kind of the big players in the league uh, look to kind of, who's in Europe, can I get to them this next season? You now have that little carrot uh, to attract players. Does that change your approach? Does it change the, the type of player you want to recruit? Do you feel you need to recruit within the league? Or, or what's your plan for the next couple of months? I think winning the league, the best thing about winning the league, apart from, you know, all the hard work you put in that season and, and you know, when you win the league, which is a great achievement for everybody and, and the club, it's actually getting qualification for the Champions League. Um, it's huge. People don't probably, people underestimate how, how big a thing it is for all the girls and, and the managers within the Women's National League. It's massive. Um, so we're we're lucky enough now we're going to go and play in the Champions League next season. Um, you know, so our last time, well, one of the last times when we played Glasgow City, when we got beaten in panels in, in Glasgow, you know, we went, we got so close. And that was a really good Glasgow side because they'd only been to the quarterfinals of the Champions League year previous. Um, you know, so but that showed us, you know, we feel, we, you know, a little bit more we could have got through, you know. So this year, again, obviously we have to, people have to sit down with people and we have to try and draw up a plan and, and come together um, to put things in place. That I would love us to be able to, you know, I'd love for the league, for the summer, a club, a team, at some stage to push on in the Champions League, to, to, just to show everybody how great the league is. Because I don't, I still don't think it gets near enough recognition that it should. No, I, I, I agree. I agree with you totally. And like it's the funny, the funny thing is, like when we, we talk about the league, and like you've said it a few times on the show already, James, like the the caliber of the games against the games against each other. Like we see last night in particular, Slugger Rovers only won one game this season, push shells till the very end. Two games. two games this season, but like you look at that, they had the teams haven't won and they're still competitive. And like, I think we mean, Breffney spoke about it last week, like even things like the number of goals teams are conceded. We don't see as many high scoring, massive cricket scoring games as we did in previous seasons. But like, what do you think is needed though for an Irish team to sort of make that next step in Europe? Yeah, and just even for Sligo, they're having to travel down to Dublin midweek on a Wednesday night, like, is. I felt, sorry for Steve. I felt sorry for Stevie to have, uh, from having to do that. And they were so unlucky in the game then, they can see in the, in the last minute. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, I think that, I think we need to, we need a bit of luck. We need, a team needs to get a good draw as well in, in that in that competition. Um, and we need to keep persevering. I think teams have, have, you know, they're training more now, they're training harder. So I think the standard is, is improving. Um, I'd like to see Less players leaving the league. They see less players feeling like that they have to leave the league. Um, you know, it's, there should be better rewards for them to keep them, to keep them here, um, to try and grow the league a lot better. Because you know, the, the better players we have in the league, the better chances we have of progressing. But the experienced players that are still in the league are, are really good. Don't get near the recognition that the, you could list them all off. And then the young players coming through, um. You know, fantastic. I'd be really excited for for the international teams with the young players coming through into this league from the seven ends upwards, feeding in now. It's 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 incredible. Um, you know, so it's about can you pull a team together out of all that mix um, and go in there and compete and believe you can do well. Just want to ask a follow. Just want to grab a follow question to that because you've said me and Bradley spoke about it multiple times. The next generation, James, in that sort of because you talked about the younger players coming through. How good can the next generation be compared to the Karen Duggins, Kylie Murphy's, Pearl Slattery's, the iconic players in the league at the minute? It's like we can talk based on the current crop that's in Piedmont. If they keep going the way they are, and again, it's very important that they keep themselves grounded and don't lose the run of themselves either, because they're getting a lot of attention. So it's important that you realise what that is for what that is, and you know, you're only as good as your next game. So it's very important that they keep they keep going. You know, so I, I really think, you know. Again, the likes of the Karen Duggins and them players who have been going at it for years have been, have been unbelievable servants to this league. But there's a whole new batch coming through. And it's very important that, as I said, the funding for this league has improved dramatically in terms of government, FUI, UEFA and private investment is found, you know, to create this platform for these young players to, to, to thrive and, and to do well and to get the best out of these players. You shouldn't feel you have to go abroad to, to, to be become better players. We should be able to do it in our own country. Within our, look at the rugby the way they keep all the best players in in, in, in the leagues. And 
and they're phenomenally successful at an international level. Like, because the gap is not huge from what's happening in Ireland compared to what's happening in Europe. It's not huge. So with better investment, like we need a watershed moment the way the international team had it a couple of years back. The need, the league needs something like that, I think, really to push it on and, you know, and to make it one of the top, potentially become one of the top leagues in Europe. You've raised a whole lot of questions for me in the last few minutes about where I'd like to go because uh, I'm running out of time. I'm aware of that. But the one I want to ask is specifically this week, the FAI announced, uh, well, actually a group of senior men's players announced a scholarship program to the PFAI and this group of players who put money aside for uh, a COVID relief thing for the League of Ireland, uh, which is going to focus on one 16 or 17 year old male and one female player. Um What's your thoughts on that? Because there's an argument out there that maybe it's too little, um, focusing on one or two players rather than maybe looking at the, the bigger picture. Um, should it be the players who have to come up with that themselves? Should the FAI be doing this? We've seen these scholarship programs before. They tend to be a little piecemeal when funding is available and not really part of a wider strategy. What's your thoughts on what's been announced this week? Yeah, listen, you, you welcome it. Um it's probably doesn't go far enough really um you know but it but it is it's a positive it's something good I, I, listen i think if you can keep players in the country brilliant like a, a lot of players i would encourage a lot of players that you know to go to college to go to the university play you know to get, get a degree if those players can be helped along with paying fees um along the way brilliant that that's great i know i, I coach in minute as well and, and they give it Barry Prend was out there and, and you know, and along with, with Billy down in Galway and, and all the, the guys, um, you know, they give good scholarships as well within that. But when you want to keep the best players in the country, I'd be encouraging them to go to go on to university and whatever scholarship programs that can be found to give to them, I think the better. I think even as a transition year now, um, football program, you know, a lot of the younger girls are on it, you know, that's brilliant. They're going to become full time um players for, for that, that that period of time which is great and it's you know it leads them back into school and if you keep them in colleges then it means you're guaranteed to keep players in the continental at 22 you know 21 22 which i think is a really positive step i think amber is a prime example of that amber barry left payment with a with a master's degree now playing professional football and like i think for the problem what a lot of people don't think is the future what happens after football you're not going to make the money to be able to retire on playing women's football. So you need to have that sort of future. And I think that's why it's even as important if players go away at 23, they're still going to be successful. I think there's a lot of opportunities for players to to grow and to on the educational side as well as on the football side in Ireland. And that's why I'd be one who'd be massively in favour of, of more players going to college, getting their education, because you need that for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, unless if you're an 18 year old and you're getting offered a really good contract um, to go away to one of the top teams, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be stopping that. You know, if it's a really good, good contract, but a lot of the time, the contracts probably aren't what people probably think they are. So, I, so I think, I think it's really good if, if you're if you're anyway academic. You know, you know, I think I think you should be really looking to get into the universities and get your degree, but be playing. As much football as you can alongside that, because it's it goes hand in hand, and you know, you know, it's very hard to leave leave home when you're only eighteen as well, and you're and you're going into a certain new environment. You know, it's very very tough to, to succeed. You're much better prepared if you had you know a degree behind you, and you're a little bit older. Like Amber Barrett, Amber Barrett had a great time going to college, university, and playing with female, and and she was that bit stronger her mentality and her character. Then she was ready to go and, and a big move when she went to Germany that time. In terms of, I suppose what Piemont and other clubs in the league can do to to encourage those girls to stay in the country because there needs to be a viable alternative to even a, a poor contract elsewhere can be seen as better than what's been offered in Ireland at the moment. So um, what can clubs in your position do to, to make an environment that players want to opt into? Because girls will make a decision based on other factors, not just on the financial implications. Yeah, but well, well, that's what I say. When I was talking about our, our coaching team and payment. Is you got to you got to be able to not, let the players know, and the players have to believe it that they're coming into a training environment where you know you're going to excel as a player, and you're going to reach, you know, you're going to get the best out of you. Um, and I think in payment, I think you know there's some great facilities in, in payment. You know, you know, we got to have our own little gym there. You know, we've got, we've got plenty of football pitches. We've got analysis room. We've got all the stuff you need to create an elite training environment. And I think 
you know, and also we have a good connection with the colleges and Minute University, especially there's a there's a good kind of relationship there as well. Um, so stuff like that is really important, and it's important to the club that they, they attract private investment so you can reward the players financially. Um, you know, to a certain levels, different degrees. That's that's important as well, and that aspect of it really needs to grow and and develop. Um, and, and also the profile of the, of the league needs to, to grow. You, you know, players need to see that their profile is, is is rising all the time, and they're getting to compete against top players on a weekly basis. Um, you know. I think I agree with the, the profile for me is something that I sort of, and we've had conversations on this show about off the back of the World Cup. I, I don't think the profile has gone massively skyrocketing through the roof since the World Cup. And that was the one thing you'd hope is that Ireland go to a major tournament and then we see a massive spike spike in the profile in the league. And I think a lot of that, a lot of that is, is, is down to, there's a lot of factors involved in it. And I think, there's a lot more that everybody needs to do to, to grow the league, not just not just the clubs, not just the the FAI. Yes, we yeah. need a lot more funding, but I think media side of things as well. And like you, you talk about other sports, like other sports, other sports get a lot more when they probably shouldn't. And it's one thing that I always I have a bit of a gripe with. And like, like you'd love to see the like the stories that we have in this league that probably nobody knows about half the stories that some of these players have. Like the prime example for me, James is. How many doctors have you had work with? Had you have you had under you at P Mount United? I can think of a few. You know what I yeah. mean? And people probably don't yeah. even have a clue about some of the others. Yeah, yeah. Now listen, it's um even when we won the league last Saturday, I picked up the newspaper Sunday morning and the main the ones that are in the shops and stuff like that. But you know, people do still read them papers. Um there was very little in them. James, you're showing your age yet. No, James. <laughs> yeah, I know. Players don't read those papers unless they're in it themselves. Yeah, well, I go into the shop straight to the back page and I'm looking for something. Um, but no, there was a, it was very little in it, you know, very little in it about it. I had to win in the league, you know. You, you see, like, I, I'd really, you know, I, I'd like listening to yourselves. You know, we train on a Thursday, Thursday night, and when I finish training, kind of, I'd, be, I'd put on the, I'd be look at the phone and stuff like that, and then your show will be on. It'd just be very entertaining listening to, to his, you know. Right, trying to raise the profile of the league, and he's he's very clued into what's going on, and, and I can kind of, you know, I find it very interesting to hear with some of the stuff. Most of the stuff I'd agree with, some of the stuff I'd be saying, I'm not sure about that now. Do you know but what I, I love? I, love, I was telling, I said this on the show last week. I walked out of the Aviva Stadium after the Ireland game, and he, he's like, "I hope you're going to give us credit. <laughs> you're going to give us credit now." And I just, I just laughed, I just laughed because I was, I was like. You, you know, because when I say something, the best part is when I say something and I, someone in the ground turns around and says something to me, you're just like, okay, so at least you listen to it. So I know you listen to what I say. No, no, I do. I do. And in fairness, I give credit to you. I know you just have to call it how you see it. And, you know, and sometimes, like some manners, like we said, we don't like what we hear. But but in fairness to the two of you, is a persevered all year and you're there consistently putting the show out. And, and it's interesting about the stuff and even the reports and the fine whistle that after matches and stuff like that, you know, it's brilliant to see and, you know, and, and I can't give you enough credit and, and we, two years, by the way, in case I forget to say, is a very welcome to P-Mount on the 11th of I November. Will I will have, he'll give us the VIP treatment up in P-Mount. He'll be very welcome to two years. Myself, myself and Andy have already been, dis been discussing there. We, 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 we'll be there. Maybe there. The, the... Should, should I bring a Sligo Rover scarf with me? Or... <laughs> oh, yeah, Sligo, yeah, yeah, very welcome. Yeah, that's very welcome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. James, I have to ask. Lauren posted a photo on social media the other day of the two years after the, after the winning the league. What's it like to have won the league the third time and having your daughter by your side? Um, yeah, like I say, it's amazing. It really is. Because I know there's a lot of fathers um, involved in in the women's football and the daughters are playing for the teams, you know. So I I I've been coaching since Lawrence she was under fourteens in P Mount. Um, you know, and I've tormented the life out of her over the years, different stages, the rails we used to have in the cars going home. And I'm sure all the fathers, parents out there can relate to this, um, me you coach your own daughter. Um, you know, and it used to embarrass the life out of her at times. Uh but you know, at moments like this you know, and you see, you see it develop with our, and our teammates. You know, it, it makes you immensely proud. Um, you know, it's it's a it does be brilliant, Jay. I suppose before we let you go, James, uh, last night's game. You sound like you watched or most of it at least, or saw the highlights maybe of the game last night. Uh, your thoughts on, on on the game? We better include it in our conversation today. Yeah, it's not. I thought um, 
again, shocking that uh, Sligo had to travel to, to up to Dublin on a, on a Wednesday night, you know. And one of the good things about us getting knocked out of the cup um, against Alone is that we would have had to travel to Wexford last night originally. Um, and that game got put, put, brought back then to last Saturday, which was a positive. But uh, again, the, the midweek fixtures, yeah, you need to be very careful how they get, get, get arranged. Um, again, I thought... Brilliant for Shelbourne, you know, again, persevered um, and they got the winner right at the end. I'm sure they were delighted. Um, but again, I felt so sorry for, for Steve and the Sligo girls because they're a great bunch. Um, you know, and they're working really hard up there. You know, some really good players there. And I think, you know, it was a credit to them that the forms that he put in in terrible conditions. I was I was in Talca last night and started thinking you're looking at the, at the rain. I was having a chat with somebody underneath the dug the dug out of the dressing rooms and I started saying, What happened nearly I was nearly saying, let's bet any bets on DLR going on did the DLR Shamrock Roberts game being called off. And you're looking out here and you're thinking, if this game is called off and Sligo travel all the way to Dublin and that game was to get called off. Yeah. You you could just even think of like for for a midweek game, like I know you're saying you were delighted that your game was played on Saturday. I wasn't. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't because it made a horrible it made a horrible clash which I would have which it, I would have been in Wexford last night if I had been I had been there. But yeah. then you're on the risk of the game being called off again and having to be to be refixed because we've seen quite a lot of games being postponed in, in in recent weeks, and it's probably one of the hindrances of this year is the fact of how stop start the season has been. Like, how do you stay consistent, James? Yeah, and this season has been a uh, has been weird in, in terms of all the stops. Like we've had about three or four different little mini pre seasons all year. And that's tough. It's tough on everybody. Like yeah, it's hard to build momentum. Like think we'd only played three in eighteen weeks or something, three league games. Um we obviously with the World Cup that that had a massive impact on it, but we probably gave that we probably finished too early. Um the truth you know, when you consider the amount of players from the National League um actually made the squad, you know, but it is what it is. We learn we can learn from that going forward. Um but again it's it's all about the players buying into everything and working hard and motivating themselves to, to, to be better. Yeah, of course, a bunch of fixtures this weekend as well. Um, just run through them quickly. Cork hosts that loan on 3 p.m. on Turner's Cross on Saturday. Wexford Youth, Chamber Grover, same time in Ferry Carrick Park and Treaty United and Galway United. So you're off again this week. Uh, will you take the opportunity to actually take the weekend off or because it's a rare enough event, uh, you know, you're giving out about not having games. Uh, is it nice to get those weekends off when you, they do pop around? Um, the players love it. They love to get a bit, a bit of time off. Um, you know, but I, I might try and catch in the, the Galway Treaty game. Um, because we we play Galway in our next match. I'd like to see teams live. Um, you know, rather than watch them on on it on the screen. You know, um, so I may do that today if, if my wife allows me. Because she doesn't know it yet. You know, but um, we we'll have to see what happens. Bring the old, bring the old lad down to Galway again, will you? I know, I know a couple of weeks ago, Brefney, I, I was going to UCD, I was going to the ball for a game, and I just chanted to James. He was going to Sligo. I was going to Limerick. Only the game was called off. James, I have to ask this because I was, I've been thinking about this the last day or so. When you come into P Mount, the senior team, the first time, you had a bunch of kids. All the players had just gone. They just left the dealer waves. UCD waves at the time had taken most of the players at that stage. When you look back to that, did you ever think you'd have three National League titles considering the rebuilding job that had to happen at that stage? Um, no, no, not, not definitely not, no. Um, at that time, I remember it was it was a tough time for P-Mount because they'd all left. Um, you know, I think Eileen at the time had moved on to the UCD um, and a lot of players had left with her and then there was a, an in-between period, Robbie Mulligan and Christy Lockheed as well. Um, so there wasn't that many senior players left at that stage, and, and a lot of the young players came through, like the Neil Farleys and Nisha McAleon and Eleanor Ryan Doyle and Lauren O'Callaghan, David Byrne, Lucy McCartan. They were all only like people going about young players. They were all like only 15, 16 at the time, um, and mixed them. Amber Barrett like was like a senior player nearly with them, and we had Heather Payne as well, Ron McLaughlin at the time, and you know there was a lot of good young players there um, coming through, you know. So. You know, for us to to be still there, um, you know, and still plugging away, um, you know, it's great. Because Piedmont, in fairness to Piedmont, you got to give them credit and that, you know, they are. I will always say it, and people will, yeah, you would say this, but I think it's one of the best clubs for young female players to come up and learn their craft and and and, and do well. You know, there's great other academies, and really, Shelburne have a great academy as well, and and 
whatever you know but 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 i think people it's just it's it's the women it's probably the only club not this down to likes of kate the chairperson and, and elaine and dennis you know bill that that they probably it's probably one of the only clubs that would put women's football ahead of the men's you know i'd be shocked at saying that now but, but, but it's I, I really think it is you know there's not many clubs can say that um so oh, i really think it's a really good learning ground P Mount United wouldn't be the same without Dennis Cummins. I always say that. Yeah. I think it's it's evident. Like you look at the lads will train on the play on the Astro, but the the, for, the main pitch is being kept for the women. And I think that's no, a can't say that, Aaron. Aaron <laughs> don't be saying that. You're feeling all that the, the coaches will <laughs> be out there. Listen, I think they're dead. I think P Mount are dead right because the the women deserve all they get. And it's it's funny to think you're the longest serving manager as well in the National League. You put a target on his back now. You might be too. No, I think I think I think there's another couple of national leagues in this P Mount side. In, in terms of that, James, you talk about the focus on women's football and men's football, and to bring it right back full circle to what I asked at the very start, in terms of uh, P Mount being a standalone women's side, I'm not completely convinced that women's football can grow the way it should when it's second fiddle to the men's game within a club. And I think you're right; the vast majority of men's teams don't have an interest in women's football. I know I was involved in Sligo Rovers when they started out back in the day. And to say that the club weren't eager to get involved from day one is probably an understatement. It took a lot of persuading. It took a lot of back and forth for that to happen. It seems to have changed now, and that's brilliant. Um, but it definitely isn't on clubs' radars until they get to a certain point. Um, with, with teams managing to stay separate and independent, like Piemont have, it does give it that strength to, to push on and to, to really grow the women's game. Uh, and that's probably one of the main reasons why Piemont is as strong as they are. Is that fair? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think I think it's great that men's teams are, are supporting the women's team. Like, it's a, it's a really good model if the men's teams are really, you know, genuine and they really want to believe in equality and they want to share their resources and they want to make sure that, you know, what they're pumping into the men's, they're going to pump into the women's. Like, it's a really good model in theory. And if that's happening, if the right people are, in place um to make that happen great i think that's fantastic there's, there's absolutely i've no issues with that at all but alongside that i i think you know if there's a standalone women's team that wants to grow and develop and and, and progress and you know they should be that should be supported as well and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a kind of pressure around them where they can't do that um you know and there is one there's some, really something nice and positive about being a standalone women's team now and the user the top dogs in the club and, and it, that's the priority and, and you know that's where the resources are going to get pumped into um you know and it's up to that and, and there's pressure on payment to make sure that, that they can pull their own weight as well that they can attract private investment as well you know to make that happen like like use glasgow city over in scotland as a, as a standalone club as well and um, they've been thriving over the years you know um so we see what happens finally before we let you go the uh the race for second place is probably the biggest talking point now over the next couple of weeks. You don't play Shells or Shamrock Rovers before the end of the season. You're kind of independent from it. Uh, your thoughts on who's going to wrap up the season and, get, and grab that second place spot? Um, it's going to be very close. Again, I think Shamrock Rovers have had a, you know, they're a very good side. Um, they've some superb players in, in their team. Um, you know, it's and Shamrock and Shelbourne, you know, and, and, you know, they've been fantastic champions the past two seasons um you know they don't they've done brilliantly and they have the cup final to look forward to um i think it's going to be close um it's very hard one to call who will who come end up coming second um it was great for shelburne to get the three points during the week um maybe shelburne might get distracted with the cup final and shamrock rovers might push through there a little bit maybe. i thought he was going to know what i thought he was going to say shelburne there because i've seen an alliance forming this week that i never thought i'd see Shelbourne fans supporting P-Mounts winning the league because it means Rovers don't win it. And, and P-Mount people supporting Shelbourne because it means Rovers don't win, win the Cup semi-final. Yeah. I've never thought I'd see that alliance considering the rivalry between the clubs in recent years. Really thought you were going to pick Shells. My, is my friends basically rings through on that one. James, listen, uh, we've taken up most of your afternoon. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. I know you're back on the training pitch tonight ahead of those two final games. Plenty of work to do. The real hard work starts now, planning for the 2024 season. So uh, will you be in the hot seat? In We have to ask. I'm presuming the answer is a yes. But will you be in the hot seat in Piedmont in uh, four months' time when the league resumes? I, I would hope so. Um, you know, we obviously have to sit down. I mean, draw up a plan for next season um you know so we see what happens 
Excellent. Listen, thanks for joining us and a, a pleasure to have you on board as always. We'll talk to you, I'm sure, at some stage. We might even see you in PRL Park on the 11th for uh, celebrations uh, for PRL. Yeah, and you're very, you're very welcome, lads. The two years are really mean it and, and fair play to all the hard work you've put in throughout the season. It's, it's brilliant. Excellent. Thanks very much for, for joining us as well. We really appreciate it. James O'Callaghan there. Um, phenomenal. Uh, one minute and then we're going to wrap up the show, Aaron. But last night we didn't. We talked about it a little bit with James. Um, who impressed you last night? Because I have to talk about Amber Hardy. I thought she was... I tweeted about her last night. I tweeted I about her last night. Yeah. What a, what a, what a, I thought, listen, forget forget that that's it, the second goal. It's it's a blustery. It's a horrible conditions. There's a massive breeze blowing. Forget forget that what happened there. Like for sixteen, making her debut, made some superb saves, and from by all accounts, from, from speaking to people, she wasn't even on the radar up until up until recently as well, and didn't didn't look out of place at all. I thought um, Christy Gray took her goal very well for shells. Emma Hansbury went when she obviously when she opened the score and was a no, it was a nice finish, and then Megan Smith Lynch just has a habit of scoring late goals. So don't care what anybody says. It a hundred percent wasn't a shot. She told me on the record uh, that she she doesn't know what it was herself. So she's at least admitting that she. But I thought um, the goalkeeper Sligo was for me was was the best player in the pitch last night. Amber Hardy. And the funny thing is, I was singing Bonnie McKernan's praises last on the last show because of her performance. Sligo. They've struggled in the goalkeeping position. I think they've had seven different keepers at some point in and out of the squad in the last year and a half. Uh, I think they may have nailed on with those two. I think the exciting times ahead. What happened to uh, Kiva O'Connor? I haven't seen her involved since she's... Yeah, name's not even on my radar. That's that's saying how much Sligo has struggled. But it is, as as uh, as we've said, uh, Anne-Marie Uliak's made a huge difference at Treaty. They've conceded 42 goals this season. That would have been triple figures last year. Cork have had triple figure seasons as well. Uh, Sligo probably in that ballpark last year. So for them to all be under 50 at this point of the year, it tightens it all up. It's, it's a, a huge um, improvement. And I think that, as James mentioned in the interview, is probably the, the main thing. Listen, Aaron, we've run out of time. That is it for this week. Um, we will be back again um, at, early next week with, with another look back at the, the games this weekend. Those three, obviously, whether it's Cork, uh, Wexford or Treaty, and you might bump into James O'Callaghan, get him to sign autographs, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Uh, listen, we'll be back with you uh, again shortly to chat about all things uh, women's football in Ireland. Of course, the international game, we'll talk about that more in next week's show as well, once the, this weekend's games take place. Aaron, pleasure as always. Thank you very much for chatting to us.